0: Feel the rhythm!
1: Feel the rhyme! Get up. It's time! Let's go! Let's go! Starting now. Hello and welcome to 32 Fans Movies, where we discuss all things movies past, present, and occasionally future. My name is Sammy
2: Chester. And I'm Av But before we get into today's podcast, we have some very excited news. If you haven't already noticed in your podcast feeds, we have rebranded under the names There Will Be Pod. That, of course, is a reference to Paul Thomas Anderson's 2007 masterpiece, There Will Be Blood. And as you will see, we have a new logo as well. We're very excited about that. We're very excited to still be part of the illustrious 32 Fans podcast network. Nothing will change other than our name and our logo. And we're very excited to have you all with us. And today we're talking about boxing movies in the most recent of our mini sports brackets leading up to our 64 movie sports bracket next month when we will finally crown the best sports movie of all time.
1: Before we get to boxing, let me just give some of the best of sports from the last, what is it now? I think of 10 months that we've been discussing sports movies, one per month. So soccer, we had Dam United, Hockey Slapshot, Golf Caddyshack, tennis board versus McEnroe, basketball, love and basketball, Brian Song football, Major League Baseball, chariots of fire racing. And then just last month, the wrestler come out on top from our combined Olympic slash wrestling slash climbing bracket, where we had one of our grandfathered in hosts, Uncle Keevy join us. Uh, we have a very different guest today. His name is Jim Marshall, fan, a writer and overall pundit on the sweet science of boxing. Jim, thanks so much for being here where do you fall on the spectrum between boxer and fan of boxing Uh, i'm
3: certainly not a boxer i'm definitely uh, more of a fan i've been a fan since i was a kid
1: you've never laced up the
3: gloves i might have been a good boxer had it not been for sort of uh, lack of balance lack of poise lack of power and a complete lack of work ethic but apart from that i've pretty much got everything covered Um, but uh, yeah no i'm uh, fascinated by the history of it more than anything and i've needed to go back as far as I can and learn uh, quite a bit about the history of it. And uh, yeah, it's just hooked me from a
1: long time ago. How big a role have boxing movies played in your love of boxing? Because if I'm right, you're, you're more a boxing fan than you are a boxing movie fan. So boxing movies is just a certain niche within your passion for the sport.
3: It is, yeah. I mean, I'm always keen to see new boxing movies when they do come out, if I can. There's obviously a lot to go at, so uh, I can't say I've seen them all, but um, yeah, I think um, if uh, especially the uh, the biopics, the true stories, anything with uh, anything that's sort of non fiction, uh, I'll, I'll try and get to see at some point. Do you remember what's the very first boxing movie you ever saw? That's a good question. It's probably one of the Rockies. I would probably say Rocky Four. I think Rocky Four. I probably went to the cinemas to see Rocky Five, but yeah, you sort of grow up on those, don't you? I think uh, everyone's uh, seen at least uh, one or two
1: of those. I think I saw the Rocky where he fights the Soviet. Yeah, and then I went back and saw the and saw them in order. Uh, is Rocky also your introduction to boxing movies?
2: It probably is. I certainly don't remember any others before that, and I know I definitely saw them when I was either. In high school or maybe a little bit earlier I saw at least a couple of them
1: so one of the things i love is that rocky is often cited as the primordial sports movie every sports movie is somewhat they say a play on rocky and what i love about this brackets we've been doing leading up to our tournament next month of we've seen there are a ton of sports movies that came out before rocky yeah, yeah rocky didn't define the rubric i guess jim a question i have what would you say is the unique dna to a boxing movie what does a boxing movie have that isn't just generic to a sports movie.
3: boxing match and a good movie have a lot of the same elements. They've got a protagonist and antagonist, depending on your point of view. There's a goal, obstacles, twists and turns, subplots.
1: So, you know, it can be, it sums movies up pretty well, I think. quote in the Paris Review when I was reading up about boxing and movies, where they said, boxing is so perfect for movies that if the sport never existed, Hollywood probably would have made it up. That That it's- sort of captured it in a certain way. I feel like there's elements that we haven't yet really seen in sports movies until we got yeah. to boxing.
2: Putting aside the movies themselves, the thing that is most striking about this roster of movies compared to others is the high-level quality and prestige of the people involved. I mean, we have here mm-hmm. a Marty Scorsese movie, a Clint Eastwood movie, a Ron Howard movie, Robert Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis, Denzel Washington, Michael B. Jordan. I mean, like, there's, like, no comparison in terms of, like, the quality of actors and directors and other you know aspects of these movies compared to other sports movies which for the most part are like low budget kind of below the radar movies that are just kind of like wholesome and fun whereas like these are like serious movies
1: why do the best directors and the best actors why do I'm they just, all want to do boxing movies
2: two reasons that come to mind number one it's just like it's an individual sport and it's very focused on the individual so like it's like perfect for a leading man in a way that Other sports don't necessarily have because they're more team sports. And I think also just the way that you can film a boxing match, it looks very similar to actually watching the sport. So like there isn't that big of a disconnect, especially when you compare football or basketball, where the size of the court makes it so that you can't really film it properly the way that you were accustomed to seeing basketball and you end up with like these weird close ups, you know, in football, Mm. like also bizarre close-ups that just like, you don't get to see a play unfold. It's just not the way that you're used to seeing that sport. Whereas boxing, it's like basically you could do like a frame-for-frame frame reshot of these famous fights and basically get better versions of that with better camera work and better directors and better actors than the original boxers.
1: The ring is a you know perfect stage, really. There's a few movies that very much engage with that metaphor, with the ring as a stage and the, the protagonist being up there sort of in the beginning or the end. I think of you know, the way that Raging Bull begins with mm. that sort of slow intro where he's, he's in the ring and uh, there's a few others that we'll get to. I am sure that there were more boxing movies during the golden age of Hollywood, during the 30s and 40s and 50s, than any other sport. And it might almost be a legacy at work here, which is top directors and actors want to do boxing movies because there's a legacy of top directors and actors doing boxing movies. And everyone else wants to lace up the gloves that Robert De Niro once wore. You know, now Will Smith once wore and etc. Boxing yeah. was
2: also a much bigger sport back then than it is now. You know, it was basically just mm-hmm. baseball and box and boxing back then were like the two major sports. Like you know, the most important thing to be was Babe Ruth or the heavyweight champion of the world. Those were like the two mm-hmm. most recognizable figures in American sports. And obviously, boxing has slowly declined for a number of reasons over the last half century. It hasn't slowed down its contribution in movies, which is interesting that despite the fact that boxing is like no longer a preeminent American sport, still by far the most preeminent American sport in movies.
1: There's a Mm -hmm. big heavyweight championship matchup happening, I think, in a week and a half. It's Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. If there was a, a quality boxing movie coming out at the same time as that fight, which one would you tune in for?
2: The movie, it's not even close. I've only watched one full boxing match in my entire life. It's just, uh, it's a sport that's never really appealed to me. Watched many boxing movies. At least, I watched about 12 of these that are on here. And there's probably one or two others that I didn't think of that I've probably seen. So... Just in terms of, you know, comparison, I've probably seen close to 20 boxing movies and only one boxing match, so.
1: So the question I asked before, is there a unique DNA to a boxing movie? I would add that the training montage, which I, of course, associate the most with Rocky, because that's where I was Mm. introduced to it. I think it's done at a different level in boxing movies, just in terms of the, you know, hitting the bag and everything else. And then two other things, conquering oneself, to me, that's kind of, that's the very center of a boxing movie. There's this message in these movies that you're not boxing the guy across from you but you're sort of boxing yourself somehow. You're like struggling with yourself. I think that's yeah. kind of the, the core message. And then mm. connected to that is almost every movie, the, the, the lead boxer has major domestic issues. You could sum up the movie by saying, boxer aspires to make it to the top and deals with his problems at home.
2: Yeah, and I mean, and I, what a lot of them do, and you know, we'll, we'll get into which ones do this better than others, but it's specifically the brutality of boxing that trickles into the rest of these people's lives, which I think is probably the most common theme that these movies explore. After
1: we've run through these movies, let me know at the end which one you think has the most realistic demonstration, not including the documentaries, of course, no. of, of actual boxing. Because that's something I think you, who fisciando of the sport, can speak mm-hmm. to in a way that Av with his one boxing match And I may have seen more pro wrestling matches (laughs) than (laughs) boxing matches. We'll get to Requiem for Heavyweight, which has its own uh, commentary on wrestling. Um,
2: We're also not not letting you off before we get your full ranking of all the Rocky movies.
1: So let's look into the bracket. Av said we have 16 movies. Jim and Av are going to serve as the main judges. I'll leave myself off as a tiebreaker. The movies were seeded based on the average ranking of all online lists. That ranked boxing movies. So we went through the entire internet, basically 15 searches into Google, and anybody and everybody had a say on our seating. Av and Jim, what was your one biggest omission from this bracket? I would go with the champ, the John Boy.
2: I was very surprised that Rocky IV didn't make it. I mean, Rocky ended the Cold War. There you go.
1: Av, you didn't say which was your first Rocky movie, but that was my first.
2: I think it was Rocky III. That's the one with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, right? That's the one. Yeah, I think that, that I think that was the first one I saw. The original is my favorite with the Rockies.
1: So high hopes. It's not my biggest omission, but we had a guest, Jim, who's also a boxing aficionado who's going to join you, and we thought we'd face the two of you guys off against each other. But he refused to come on our podcast because he says his number one boxing movie is The Setup, a classic movie from 80 years ago. And when we didn't even put it in the bracket, he got so upset. <laughs> okay,
3: right. Okay, fair
1: enough. So, so the setup might be good. I did not see it. I don't know if any of you guys have. And then my biggest omission out of respect for Kirk Douglas, who, of course, passed away in the last 24 hours as we're recording, is the movie that launched his career it came out 60 years ago today, plus minus, and it's called The Champion. Yeah, And uh, you know, 1949,
3: you remember... I think it was.
1: Yeah, as we remember Kirk Douglas, uh, we will not remember his movie because it almost made the bracket, but I think it was number 17. I don't know what they say at the beginning of boxing matches. They
2: say, let's get ready to rumble.
1: I have seen one. I've seen one, and
2: I know what they say. I've seen commercials. It's it's, it's in a lot of
1: commercials. We have two arguably of the best actors of the last 60 years in our very first matchup. That is going to be the number one ranked movie, Raging Bull, which came out in 1980, going up against The Boxer, which came out in 1997. I will give you the brief intro and leave it off for Av and then Jim to comment. Raging Bull, it stars Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci. Of course, the director is Martin Scorsese, And it's considered one of the greatest movies of all time. It's about a real life boxer in the late 40s and 50s who's fighting for the championship while dealing with personal demons.
0: Start here. Kill me first. Do me a fucking favor because you're driving me crazy. You're a
2: killer. You're a big shot. Just kill. You're a killer. Excuse me. What do you mean by you, though? What she did to you? You fucked my wife. What? You fucked my wife. How could you ask me? I'm your brother.
1: You asked me that. The boxer is Daniel Day-Lewis, who's an ex-con IRA boxer trying to go straight in the late 80s.
0: You were giving me
4: my freedom, but you wanted me to stay faithful to you.
1: I was only 19.
4: Check my heart on me, boyfriend. Flynn. Believe, Patterson. Don't wait.
5: Jesus, Billy, how are
1: you
4: doing? Good, good. I'm doing fine. Don't look mad. But the car
3: behind
1: you. And the last Kelly boy was in that car. Didn't die a happy death.
2: Number one versus number sixteen. I like both of these movies a lot. The Boxer is not really a boxing movie, in my opinion, despite the title. It's really more of a love story and a political drama, you know, set against the the drama in Ireland with the IRA. And there's like a role that boxing plays kind of like in the middle for like a couple scenes. But I didn't think of it as a boxing movie, whereas Raging Bull is, by all accounts, one of the best boxing movies ever made. It's one of my favorites on this list. So it's that's an easy win.
1: Are you going to defend The Boxer?
2: no I'm afraid
3: not I'm agreeing completely raging bull absolute classic and uh, I can't
1: uh, I can't disagree one bit were you, were you disappointed that uh, an actor of Day Lewis's caliber didn't deliver a better movie <sighs> I wouldn't say he gave a bad performance or anything like that and there were good performances in it but uh, yeah, it was just expecting it to be better than it was I think. True Daniel Day-Lewis style. Like when he made Last of the Mohicans, I think by the end of it he had been living in the woods for a year and he was, you know, skinning squirrels and whatnot. In the boxer, he trained for nine months and by the end of it his coach said that Day-Lewis was good enough where he could have been a top 10 ranked boxer in Britain. I believe that was uh, Barry McGuigan who was the featherweight
3: champion of the world so uh, yeah, he had a he's a fairly good person to trust i think in that respect as well so
1: yeah uh, so i i don't know if people said that about de niro's uh quality in the ring but we'll remember we'll touch at the end of this bracket uh, who had actual better moves i think the best part of the boxer was that boxing scene in london daniel e. lewis's character goes off to london to fight in front of a bunch of rich people in a restaurant i, I didn't know that kind of boxing match exists and it has a very weird dynamic that nothing else in the movie has, a much bolder sort of sensibility. And I wish the rest of the movie would have carried on with that and didn't go back to Ireland.
3: Did you notice though, there was,
1: uh, it managed to get on television without any cameras, so that's pretty good going now. Let's go right to our next matchup. Number eight, Body and Soul against yeah. number nine, Rocco and his brothers. These are two classics, though one of them is much older than the other. Body and Soul came out in 1947. It's about a nice boy who becomes a boxer in the 40s, and then their lure of money and the mob does him in.
4: I take the beatings and you take the dough, like all the rest of them. Well, this time I'm taking care of the dough. Give me back that 60 grand. Yeah, that's right. I'm like the rest of them. So you want your money back? or well, take it back. And everything else you've given me. Here, what everybody gives you.
5: The long years of happiness, the promise is broken, the lonely
1: nights. And Rocco and His Brothers came out in 1960. It's an Italian movie about four brothers, two of whom become boxers, and they have a falling out over the same girl.
4: Rocco and His Brothers is certainly one of the most sumptuous black and white pictures I've ever seen. The images are shot by the great Giuseppe DiTuno, and they're pearly and elegant and lustrous. Visconti's epic narrative, really unfolds with a mastery that is tragic.
3: Oh, do you know what? This is a really tough one because I love them both. And they're totally different types of films, really. But um, I think the artistry in Rocco and his brothers was absolutely stunning. Almost three hours long and it feels it. You know, it feels like an epic boxing match in itself. So, uh, yeah brutal and beautiful just uh, like a boxing match can be as well so I think I will have to go with Rocco and his brothers
2: I enjoyed both these movies I thought they were both good I think I liked Rocco and his brothers more overall as a movie again I'll say that I don't think it quite is a boxing movie for me I would say there's probably like 20 minutes of boxing in a three-hour movie it's kind of like side hustle part of the movie whereas body and soul it's like very central to what the movie's about it's like very clearly a boxing movie that's what it's about so given that like i liked both but i think body and soul is m- like more clearly a boxing movie i'll give it the, the edge
1: you guys are choosing which movie you liked more not based upon any hmm. choosing
2: based on any criteria one to me they're close in terms of like i liked both of them in terms of a boxing movie bracket body and soul to me is like a better boxing movie whereas rockman brothers might be overall a better movie but boxing only plays like a limited role in it
1: The idea is that this is a boxer, and therefore what happens when he's not with his manager, he's not in the ring, or he's not punching someone, still reflects the sport and still reflects, you know, him being a boxer is also how he reacts to his family and his friends. Just because they're not boxing people all the whole time, I don't think that doesn't make it a yeah, boxing movie.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And I wouldn't say it's like totally not a boxing movie. It's just, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel like a sports movie to me. It felt like, honestly, it was better than a sports movie. It was bigger than that. brawling epic of a family in Italy over a period of time. And it happens to be that boxing is a part of that. But for me, like that's, to me, it wasn't centrally what the movie was about. But I guess, obviously, we, we had a little bit of a different perspective on that.
1: Jim, do you know what classic movies, can you guess, were somewhat inspired by Rocco and his brothers?
3: It's obvious. The influence on Raging Bull is, is clear. Um, yeah. You know. so, and, uh, so Raging
1: Bull is one of them Rocco and his brothers is 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 one of Scorsese's favorite movies he says. Can you guess the other one? The other one I'll give you a hint it also has an Italian connection to brothers. It um,
3: didn't Coppola want the same um, exactly the same composer from uh, from Rocco and his brothers I think for The Godfather and that's uh, that was a big influence on him wasn't it?
1: Yeah, wow. I am you dominated that question. <laughs> that is that is very impressive. You wow. There you go. Ah. Uh, uh, you were resistant to seeing Rocco and his brothers because uh, my my playing it up to you didn't work. Were you? Impressed despite your reservations, it sounds like?
2: Yeah, I mean, my reservations were mostly from the fact that it was a three-hour black-and-white movie in Italian, um, which is generally three boxes that I'm not looking to check when I choose a movie, but I did think it was very good. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't able to watch it in one sitting, which is usually my preference. I broke it up a little bit, and I enjoyed it. I think it's a really good movie.
1: These movies are way too much melodrama for me. Ultimately, I think Body and Soul has a bit less, which is why I'm going to vote for it. My problem with Body and Soul is the lead actor to me is just so boring. He just doesn't do... He's just like a boring character. I think the side characters are why I was into the movie. I think the fight scenes are fun. And the fight scenes, given this was filmed in the 40s, are all the more impressive. I was kind of done with Rocco and his brothers, and then the ending sort of lifts it up a bit more. So my vote's going to be for Body and Soul. I was very impressed with Canada Lee, actually, who... um... For a black actor in the 40s in Hollywood, that was a fairly pioneering role. Yeah, think was. it always felt so
5: good after a win. Walk down Lennox Avenue, kids all crazy for you
4: and proud. Champion of the world for the whole world to know. You fixed the fight, didn't you? I got you covered, Ben. You haven't got a thing to worry about. The bet's in there for you, too. That's what I figured. I knew it that day at the gymnasium.
5: All this monkey business with the training to run the odds up against Marlow and you not really training at
4: all. What are you ducking out on, Charlie? You can be on top for years yet. That's the way things are, Ben. That's the way they are. It'll be a big chunk of dough and I'm through. It's enough.
2: Why?
1: There's nobody in your class. I thought he was good. I thought he was sort of the emotional heart of the movie in many ways. I just felt the lead, I think the actor's name is John Garfield. I think Mm -hmm. there's a reason why we haven't heard of him so much. We don't remember Mm. his name. Let's quickly do the next round for this corner of the bracket. Raging Bull against Body and Soul. Take me Raging Bull, I'm afraid.
2: I'll also go with a fairly easy win for Raging Bull. Body and Soul's a movie I enjoyed. Raging Bull is... It's probably like my top five or six Scorsese movies, which is saying a lot. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. It's a movie that I really like a lot. De Niro is like ridiculously good at it. I don't know if the... Boxing scenes are the most realistic, but they're the boxing scenes that I was like the most impressed by cinematically in any of these movies. I just like found them like really mesmerizing to watch and like really pull you into the movie and just like wanted to keep watching. It's an easy one for me there.
1: Let's now go to our number two against our number
2: 15.
1: Perfect, perfect. Okay, we promised you Rocky and we delivered only a few minutes in. Rocky came out in the late 70s in 76, the American centenary or I guess the duo centenary. You don't even need a summary. Small time boxer Rocky Balboa gets a chance to fight for the championship. And this is the movie that introduced and made Sylvester Stallone. He wrote the movie, which is pretty incredible because we don't associate him to this day as a writer of merit.
0: I ain't had no problem, I ain't a nut. Legs are going, everything is going, no one's getting a nut. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal. Wanna fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. I wouldn't want to fight that big fight that was going to happen to me. I want to get that! I want to get that! And hey, you want to ringside and see it? Do you? You want to help me out? Help Do You want to see me get my face kicked in? Legs ain't working, nothing's working. They go, go on, fight the chair. Yeah, I'll fight him. My face kicked in. You come around here, you want to move in here with me? Come on in, ice house. Real night. Come on in the middle. It's stakes.
1: Don't play stakes. Want well, to help me out? Well, help me out. Come on, help me out. I'm standing there. And it's going up against Tyson. There have been several movies made about Mike Tyson, Iron Mike. This one came out in 2008. It is the document. This one delivers real boxing punches. And you see the entire movie essentially from Mike Tyson's perspective. I like
5: strong women, not necessarily a masculine woman. But I like strong women. I like a strong. I like, a, say, a woman that runs a CEO corporation. I like a strong woman with confidence, massive confidence, and then I want to dominate her sexually. I like to watch her, I like a tiger watches their prey after they wound them. I wanted to remember me. I wanted, in a bizarre way, I wanted to love me and watch them, and just watch them. But I wanted to keep a distance for at least 20 to 30 minutes before I devoured them and take them to the point of
0: ecstasy.
1: And you get all the dirty details. Jim, Rocky, Tyson, tell us your favorite Rocky memory and which way are you are going to vote? Oh, it's Rocky all the way, this one.
3: Yeah, it's a classic. You know, everyone uh, knows it's the quintessential Rags to Richie story, isn't it? So... Again, it comes from a real fight. You know, it was inspired by Chuck Wetner's performance against Muhammad Ali in 1975. So, um, yeah, it was, um, that's definitely getting my vote.
2: Well, I think that's interesting about Rockies, like we talked about it before, how it's like kind of the quintessential sports movie, like the underdog, rise, rags to riches, as you just said, that, mm. you know, so many sports movies kind of use their formula. But what's fascinating about it is that he loses at the end.
4: Hang on, be no rematch. The one.
2: Any sports movie, it's no. extremely that. So it's like it's very funny that like this movie, that's like the archetype of the sports movie, doesn't have a very basic component of it, basically every sports movie ever, which is the underdog mm. winning.
1: Jim, can you give a bit of why Tyson you think deserved to go off against Rocky, even if it fell down early?
3: Uh, the Tyson and, I watched was. Oh, did you see a different Tyson movie? Uh, the Tyson movie that he sent through the, with the picture on was the, uh, the the major TV movie.
1: Oh wow! I'm realizing that right now. <laughs> Amazing.
3: That I did not it, intend to. It sucked, by the way.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so that <laughs> movie was really bad. Oh, wow. Jim, credit to you. Have you also seen the documentary of Mike Tyson? No, I haven't. I'll have to let you two uh, argue this one out. Apologize for putting in the wrong insert. I think <laughs> That's you, all right. If you, if you Google Tyson movie, that, there was a drama that came out in the mid-90s. I was referring to the documentary, which is incredibly intriguing in that Mike Tyson, first off, he just has a very disconcerting voice. If, you, if you've, I'm sure both of you guys have heard him be interviewed before. It's this like childlike lisp. And yeah. the entire movie is more, it's a very classic, it's a very traditional documentary. It's him sitting on a chair, talking about his life, talking about everything that happened to him. And then they just cut back and forth to visuals and, and fights and matches and everything else. And the movie is completely giving you his perspective. He's so honest in the movie. That's what's sort of fascinating. Now, I don't think he's honest in meaning... I should use the word honest carefully. I don't think what he's saying is necessarily the objective truth, but it's his truth. And sort of hearing how he describes the fight with Evander Hollifield, why he bit him on the ear, why he got involved in arguably sexual assault against multiple women, and how he describes being bullied as a child. Rocky's the easy winner, nevertheless. Mike Tyson lost a lot of matches in his career and is going to lose another one. Number seven, Creed against number 10, Requiem for a heavyweight. Creed came out in two thousand and fifteen. It was the latest sequel, in a sense, to Rocky, because in it, the son of Rocky's opponent from the original movie becomes a boxer, and Rocky is his trainer.
4: I should have stopped this don't, movie Apollo. I'm stopping this one now. Don't. Okay, let me finish. I gotta prove it. Prove what?
0: <laughs> I'm not a mistake.
4: me, I never got a chance to thank Apollo for helping me out after Mickey died. But it's nothing compared to what you've done you taught me how to fight again and i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna fight this thing but if i fight i want you to fight too i want you to go across this ring and knock that son of a bitch down can you do it say
0: it. I'm gonna knock that son of a bitch down
4: i know you are you know why because you're a creep
1: the movie essentially inspired black panther it took the same director and it took the lead of this boxing movie and put made him as the character worth watching in that marvel movie and it's going up against Ruckman for a heavyweight which came out in 1962 so it's another classic and it's about a brain damaged boxer deals with the fallout from retirement after muhammad ali ends his career
4: mr darling take a good look at yourself in the mirror and then say goodbye to what you see what do you want it here or in the alley let them do it slow ma let them do it nice and slow i want to watch Come on, nice. Hey, hey, Pirelli. Pay, pay that lady off. For what? Your good looks. Look, I pay cash for services rendered, and so far you ain't rendered nothing. Put me on next. I mean, he will go. Eight matches starting tonight. Yeah.
2: With an option for sixteen more. Yeah, yeah, sure, anything you
1: say. The cast is absolutely ridiculous for Requiem for Heavyweight at the time. I don't know if any of these names mean anything to you guys now, but the cast of Heavyweight was Anthony Quinn in the lead, Jackie Gleason, Mickey Rooney, and Julie Harris. All names that are sort of like a who's who of pre-Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Creed, it applies the Rocky formula that we all know and love. Obviously got the
3: twist that Rocky's now the uh, in the Mickey role, isn't he, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I but enjoyed
1: it. He did that in the, la- in the previous Rocky movie, wasn't it? Wasn't Rocky well, yeah, already true. the yeah. coach? In, in, he's been a coach Rocky, a few times. And in Rocky yeah.
2: Five as well. It's like he's training. Like, five, up yeah. cover.
1: So it's not yeah. that much of a twist that 80-year-old no, no, 80, 80 Sylvester Stallone is now at least being a coach and, uh, <laughs> and, and not a boxer. What was the but, Robert De Niro movie where he boxes as an old man? I can't remember what it's called. It came out like 12 years ago. There's a movie out there like that. But yeah, so you, you were saying despite the original twists – is it your preference? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was your feeling for for *Requiem* for a Heavyweight? I did like it. I liked the opening sequence. It was the opening sequence was
3: a uh, sort of point of view fight against Ali or Cassius Clay as he was then. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was interesting because like, you see him being carried out and
1: the, you know the lens shifting in and out. So what Jim's referring to, referring first four minutes of *Requiem* for a Heavyweight are as if it's a one take, as if you're looking out. From the main character who starts off the movie fighting muhammad ali so the first few minutes of the movie you're getting pummeled in the face by muhammad ali when he was Cassius clay at the top of his game at the peak of his game and so the camera and the audience is just getting the crap beaten out of them and they're gasping because the lead is sort of gasping as he gets punched and then you fall down and then muhammad ali comes over and says good good match kid and then you're like taken out of the ring and people are like yelling at you and patting you and then you're like taken into the locker room and you're your manager is buzzing around. And so it's, I, I don't know if things like that were done at the time, but it's an incredibly way to throw you into a boxing movie. Mm. And then the rest of the movie, as you said, is just sort of high melodrama. I thought Heavyweight could have won it out for me because I think Anthony Quinn, who was in Lawrence of Arabia and a lot of other classics. He was very uh, good. He was just so interesting in the lead. Mm. The only thing is when he's drunk and when he isn't drunk, I think he's exactly mm. the same. He's basically punch drunk the entire movie, right?
3: He's punch drunk and real drunk, you know, that's the the thing. He's uh, one or the other.
1: I think the woman, Julia Harris, is sort of what ruins the movie. She's just so straight out of central casting. Every scene she's in is just boring. A lot of the women in these movies, until we get to the fighter, are not very good, unfortunately. So Creed has a much better female cast. They deliver. Creed is going to be the easy win.
2: Before you go on, the movie you were talking about is called Grudge Match. It's a comedy boxing movie starring Robert De Niro where he faces off in a big match against none other than Sylvester Stallone. So it's really the entirety of like this bracket packaged into one movie.
1: Yeah, wow. we probably should have, uh, we'll give it like a beeline to the finals. It'll be Raging Bull of Rocky in a three-way against, <laughs> against, <laughs> yeah, against the Python, Yeah, i remember
3: that coming out actually, but yeah.
1: I remember it being basically billed as you liked Raging, you liked Rocky, now see which is the better movie. Um, That's but right, yeah. that wasn't enough for to get me in to watch it. Uh, well, ah, did you we, ever see it? No, I never even heard of it. I just looked oh, it okay. now. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I definitely heard about it when it came out. I mean, that enough was get me. We have a great matchup though now. Everyone has seen these so we can all comment. Creed, Rocky, second round, who's going on to the quarters?
2: Um, I'm going to go for an upset here. I I like Creed better than the original Rocky. When I saw it in theaters, I walked out and said, Creed is the best Rocky movie. So I'm going to go with that. I mean, a part of it is just the timing. You know, just a movie that came out 30 years later is just going to be the cinematic elements of it are stronger, in my opinion. And the acting, just like the whole quality of the movie is superior to a movie that came out in 1976. But I just found it really compelling. Michael B. Jordan is amazing. I think just like the side non-boxing stories are better in Creed than they are in Rocky. So you know i think rocky is obviously a classic and it inspired all of these but i think creed is in 2020 a better movie
1: jim i'm gonna vote quickly and give you the tiebreaker here Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna vote for rocky the reason i vote for rocky over creed is i'm a runner more than a boxer i can tell you that the way the rocky song is used in the original rocky and the way it's used with salone it it just has this transcendent power that it's something like a chariots of fire running on the beaches there's a reason that is played at every sporting event and yeah. you know every running match. The Philadelphia Marathon ends basically at the footsteps of the Rocky statue. I mean, the center of Philadelphia has a big statue of a fictional movie character on the top of City Hall because in the Rocky movie he runs up to the top of that space in Mrs. Hansen
2: It's the art museum, but yeah, it's, it's mm. very bizarre. Sorry. I lived in Philadelphia yeah. for a couple of years. At that time, it was before the Phillies and now the Eagles have won championships and they hadn't won anything in the entire city in like 30 or 40 years. It was the most yeah. rated athlete in the history of the city as a fictional character mm. from a movie.
1: Uh, I believe after Britney Runs a Marathon is now training for his first uh, marathon as we speak. Philly Marathon ends at the foot of the statue. I also mm. love Carl Weathers. I think Apollo yeah. Creed is, is much more interesting than mm. the opponent. I don't even remember the opponent in Creed. Maybe I'm just getting him confused with the opponent in Creed 2, But to me they're all the same. Yeah. I'm going to go with Rocky's
2: Rocky. son. Very
3: different opponent. Okay, I should have got that. My friend actually traveled from the UK just to run up those steps. So, you know, that just proves how iconic they are. Yeah, I know I'm gonna have to go with Rocky. People quote ain't about how hard you get hit, it's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. And it, it gets recited all the time. So I mean it's it's just its influence as well, isn't it? So from a filmmaking point of view, wasn't that something to do with the steady cam? They have invented the steady cam just to run up the steps so they can get a proper shot of them running up the steps.
1: Stallone has done a lot of things worth mocking him for <laughs> and a lot of like bad movies. The way he started his career was such a moment of triumph. Let's jump though and talk about other moments of triumph. A classic matchup for one main reason. Number four, When We Were Kings, one of the most mm-hmm. lauded documentaries of all time with the rumble in the jungle in Zaire when Muhammad Ali went up against George Foreman.
4: He was in the ring with a man He could not dominate, who was stronger than him, who was not afraid of him, who was going to try to knock him out, and who punched harder than Ali could punch. And this man was determined and unstoppable. And Ali had a look on his face that I'll never forget. It's the only time I ever saw fear in Ali's eyes. Ali looked as if he looked into himself and said, all right, this is the moment. This is what you've been waiting for. This is that hour. And do you have the guts? And he kind of nodded to himself like, you've got to get it together, boy. You've really got to get it together. And you are going to get it together. You will get it together. He nodded some more, looking as if he were looking into his make- the eyes of his maker. And then he turned to the crowd and he went, Ali Bomaye And 100,000 people all yelled back, Ali Beaumier! And this huge reverberation of the crowd came back into the ring. And Ali picked it up almost as if these are my people. This is what I'm here for. All right, the time has come. I'm going to find a way to master this man.
1: Facing off against Ali, which is the Michael Mann dramatic rendition of that fight, a biopic about Muhammad Ali starring Will Smith, Jamie Foxx. Really a ridiculous cast. The cast of both movies movies we should say that was really good because when we were kings has The Dictator of the Congo. It has all the musicians that played in the benefit concert. Don King is all over the screen. Everyone and anyone who was there is in the documentary. So two great casts. The exact
2: same story. Not really quite the exact same story, because like the 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 fight that that's at the end of Ali is is really just what the documentary focuses on. Normally I would if it's gonna be a documentary versus real movie, I generally tend to favor the real movie, but quite the opposite here and not even close. When we were kings is an excellent sports documentary. It's really, really good. Ali is okay. Will Smith I think is is pretty good in it and like he captures some of that like charisma that Ali has and like the rope a dope. I was hoping that it would like I would like learn a lot about Muhammad Ali's life and instead I felt like when I got a series of scenes that were not connected like there was no connective tissue in this movie so like i didn't understand what his conversion to islam had to do to with his opposition to the vietnam war which, and what that had to do with his boxing career it just kind of felt like these separate vignettes that were not connected and i thought it was failure at a movie when we were kings i thought it was outstanding it's like it's a movie that i would recommend for anyone who's at all a sports fan
1: I think of when we were kings is coming out years in the past but it only was made in the mid 90s it used a lot of original footage ali is one of my favorite boxing movies it's in my top three I saw it in theaters, I've seen it multiple times since, I re-saw it for this bracket. I really like it. I think it's Will Smith's, maybe not his best role because I think he's, he's much better as like a man a men in black, a sort of, you know, a loosey goosey sort of guy.
5: Man, if they came to me tomorrow and they say, we want you to fight Joe Frazier, Madison Square Garden, millions and millions of dollars. Here's your license back. I will tell them, I will never fight again. Frankly, Muhammad, I'm surprised
3: because unless you,
5: or until you fight Frazier, Cosell, there are, people are you who losing are... your hearing along with your hair? Don't put no question to it, man. I done told you I'm through fighting. I got a much bigger contender, a much heavier opponent. I'm fighting the entire U.S. government. Joe Frazier told me on this show that he could knock you out. If I ever was to get in the ring with Joe, here's what you might see. Ali comes out to meet Frazier, but Frazier starts to retreat. If Joe goes back an inch farther, he'll wind up in a ringside seat. Ali swings with his left. Ali swings with his right. Just look at the kid carry the fight. Frazier keeps backing, but there's not enough room. It's only a matter of time before Ali lowers the boom. Ali swings with his right. What a beautiful swing, but the punch lifts Frazier clean out of the ring. Frazier's still rising, and the referee wears a frown, because he can't start counting till Frazier comes down. Frazier's disappeared from view. The crowd is getting frantic, but our radar station's done picked him up. He's somewhere over the Atlantic. Now, who would have thought when they came to the fight, they was going to witness the launching of a black satellite? But don't wait for that fight. It ain't never going to happen. only thing you could do is wonder
1: and imagine. It's one of Michael Mann's best movies. When We Were Kings has two problems for me. One, it's too much of just that traditional documentary style which can be a bit boring, particularly as documentaries are trying all different sorts of things these days and mixing it up. When Spike Lee comes on to sort of just not say anything interesting, there's like that sort of bad documentary when you have like famous contemporary people just come on sitting in a chair just to sort of say something to fill the time or to tell you something that you sort of need to be told but isn't that interesting. There's too much of that in the movie. And that's my first problem, that it's a little too formulaic. My second problem is that Muhammad Ali as an individual is just so incredibly fascinating and charismatic. He dominates When We Were Kings to the extent that a movie which I felt should have had more of a a sense of the match, a sense of Zaire, a sense of the Congo, a sense of George Foreman, a sense of Don... A sense of sort of all the elements that were at play. All I remember from When We Were Kings is Muhammad Ali. And because I already knew all those Muhammad Ali quotes going into the movie, none of them were... Groundbreaking, you know, every single thing Muhammad Ali is shown saying in the movie, I've heard before, I've seen before because they're so famous. So therefore Mm. the movie didn't add up for me. Ali is my easy win. Jim, which one's gonna advance?
3: Yeah, I mean, I did enjoy When We Were Kings. It is all Ali, really. George Foreman's a lot quieter. It's a totally uh, different personality. Ali, on the whole, better. As a person, he's the most famous athlete in history, so it's a huge subject to cover in. So, so it's always going to get criticised for missing something out, but the um, portrayal of Ali was very good, um, as well as uh, Jamie Fox, I thought, it was phenomenal. Howard Cassell, that was uh, John Voight, wasn't it? But I uh, thought, yeah. uh, another
1: good performance. So, yeah, I think
3: uh, Ali probably gets it for me as well.
1: Is Ali more present in the boxing movies than, say, Pele was present in the soccer movies or the White Sox were present in baseball movies? There's certain iconic players or teams that tend to dominate the movies about
2: that sport. Ali is the boxer. I mean, there's no question about it. What I thought was really interesting, and again, I'm like not a big boxing fan or historian, so I don't really know much. But to me, like the most famous moment in boxing history is down goes Frasier. It's the only thing that I know, but obviously I didn't even like know what it was. So it was just like funny to see that as like kind of a footnote in this movie where like he's hoping for a rematch with Frazier, and then Frazier loses the title to Foreman and all of a sudden the entire paradigm shifts. So that was just like really interesting to like know how that actually played out.
1: Sometimes movies take a boxer's most intense and famous rivalries, his biggest matches, and that's the center of the movie. And others of them, like in the fighter, they ignore what is his most famous uh, matches in the ring, what, you know, boxing fans associate with that fighter. But here, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Jim, you can speak to this the most, yeah. because mm-hmm. clearly neither I nor myself, and that's why we have you on, mm-hmm. it has, has the credibility as boxing uh, experts. Would you say Rumble in the Jungle is the iconic Ali match, or is it… His, is it his in match? Is it one of the later matches with Frazier?
3: It probably is. The Thrill Rimanilla, which was a year after uh, with Joe Frazier, was probably, you know, was a better match, really. It was 14 rounds, toe-to-toe. It was phenomenal but um, yeah the match that he won well regained the title at 32 which nobody thought he could do george foreman was undefeated yeah he was a massive underdog even though the thriller in manila was probably the better boxing match this is probably a little bit more
1: iconic the most iconic photo of ali in the ring would have to be the liston photo right
3: the, the second liston fight when he uh when he went down yeah 1965 yeah
1: that I mean that's a photo in college dorm rooms and you know and, and everywhere else.
2: Just for my own education, be for some of the listeners, like why is it that like so many of these like iconic boxing matches took place overseas in like other countries? Like you would think that primarily American sport between American athletes yeah, like, you, know, you, don't, you don't like take the Super Bowl and just hold it in Africa one year. Just like, no. Five letter word. <laughs> well, yeah, it's,
3: all the, it's all the money, basically. The but why? Mubuto, was, wasn't it? He was in charge in uh, Zaire at the time. He was trying to use it as uh, PR for himself. and to, uh...
1: It was like putting the Olympics in Beijing in 2008 yeah. or whatnot. It was Mubuto putting his country on the map. We didn't mention this as the DNA, but perhaps the boxing movies are just dominated by corruption and money politics far more than anything else I mean every single match is sort of who's getting a payoff and is the mob involved I don't know if the mob was involved with Ali and uh, Foreman I know Ali and Frazier and Ali and Liston the mob was certainly said to be involved answer ultimately as far as I know is money Jim is there a bit more as to sort of why Manila I guess both Manila and Zaire were dictators that were trying to get attention
3: yeah exactly for the Rumble in the Jungle the Ali and and both, both got $5 million. So, I mean, that was unheard of at the time. That was a record. They were never going to turn that down.
1: Both uh, movies, I think Ali a bit more, they really play to those sort of Muhammad Ali being back in Africa and connecting with the local children. And mm. I think in, in When We Were the Kings, they sort of talked a lot about how Foreman's camp, didn't really appreciate the fact that everywhere he went, people were cheering, you know, Ali will Ali, kill you. Ali,
2: Ali, 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 Ali. Ali,
0: Ali, Ali,
2: Why is he such a softie? Who wouldn't like that? <laughs> well,
3: I, uh, one thing I did learn from that was the uh, he had an Alsatian with him and that was the... Uh... The dogs that Colonials used against Natives, and I think that was why they took a dislike to uh,
1: Foreman. Is what Ali did in the Rumble in the Jungle, the Ropa Dope. Yes. That is a move that existed. It's just no one thought he would use that. Did he invent the Ropa Dope, or he used it in an iconic match when no, no one expected?
3: it? Nobody expected him to be able to withstand such power. George Foreman had, I mean, he was an absolute machine. So for him to be able to stand up to that amount of power for that uh, length of time, I just think... Uh, Everyone thought it was crazy, but, you know, he he knew what he was doing, obviously, because George Foreman punched himself out. And the rest is history, as we say.
1: Jump to the next matchup, which is number five, The Fighter versus number 12, The Hurricane. In Mm. The Fighter, Mickey Ward, played by Mark Wahlberg, he wins his Mm. first big match by also doing a -a rope-a-dope, let the other guy punch himself out. So Mm. it's clearly a move. And I don't know enough about boxing history to know, is it a sort of a long established move or it was sort of a Muhammad Ali invented move. Fighter came out in 2010. It's about a 90s era, Boston based real life boxer named Mickey Ward, who teams up with his older brother, a cocaine addict, former boxer, to work his way up the ranks. David O. Russell, and it stars Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, knockout performance and Amy Adams, who's really come up in a lot of sports movies. And going up against the hurricane, Came out in 1999 11 years earlier it's also a biopic about a about a real life boxer in this case it's reuben hurricane carter who was thrown into jail for murder that bob dylan and hurricane carter said he did not here
4: comes the story of the hurricane the many authorities
0: came to blame for something that he never done stars Denzel Washington
3: I love The Fighter I think it's great I first saw it a few years ago both Wahlberg and uh, Christian Bale were absolutely phenomenal Amy Adams was very good too
1: what do you make of like the Boston milieu in uh, American movies you know The Departed uh, The Fighter Good um, Will Hunting The Town Gone Baby Gone yeah I love that one do you sort of Mm. appreciate the, the Boston aesthetic or it kind of goes over on you
3: it does go over. I mean, as a Brit, now I don't don't really sit and watch it and think, oh, that's obviously a Boston movie. But you know, it's uh, I, I do like the aesthetic of all those movies that you just said. So yeah, maybe there is something in that, so.
1: What's your favorite part of the fighter? What do you really like about it? I
3: thought the fight scenes are good. Um, I do, uh, and I might say the actors are, are fantastic. The chronology is a little bit out. That's the problem I do have with yeah. it, but you know.
1: I know a little bit about this from le- late night Wikipedia readings, and I'm not sure what <laughs> Av knows. Tell us a bit about Mickey Ward in terms of what is he most remembered for? Because what I would suggest, and Jim, you know, please elaborate, is mm. Mickey Ward is most known for three of the greatest fights in the last 30 years that took yeah. place after this movie, meaning this movie ends, and then he has these three incredible fights that are not in this movie whatsoever.
3: It's a very unusual uh, decision, I think, for the director to to take, really. The, uh, the Arturo Gatti uh, trilogy were just three of the best fights Certainly uh, one of the best trilogies that uh, boxing's ever seen, certainly in my lifetime. Famous round nine, the first time they met, it still goes down as a, an all-time classic. Uh, you know, one of the best rounds in history. He also had a great fight against uh, Emmanuel Augustus in 2001. Beat him over 10 rounds. Incredibly violent fight.
1: And Not a sport I'm, that you want to see your kids uh, getting hit that hard.
3: And I understand why people don't like boxing when you do
1: see stuff like
3: that, but it's, uh, it's a funny... Uh, Which one uh, of these
1: two are you going to pick?
3: I'm definitely going with the fighter. I thought the hurricane painted a picture of, you know, a certain era, which an important story to tell. The racism that he went through is terrible.
2: Yeah, I'm going to vote for the fighter as well. I think the hurricane is a, a really good movie, and it's one of my favorite Denzel Washington performances. In fact, it's like a apocryphal story that that his Oscar win for Training Day is like mm. viewed by many as like a makeup award for him not winning in the Hurricane, because uh, mm. I think he's. You know he's outstanding in this movie, um, but again, here is another one where I am going to say this is a very good movie, but it's not remotely a boxing movie. Just because the character in the movie was a boxer at one point, like it shows him like one fight from his career in like the first scene of the movie for two minutes, and then it's just like it's a really good you know man stuck in jail who claims he's innocent and like the legal system and all that. It's basically uh, a much better version of this year's Just Mercy.
3: I give him credit for uh, trading for a whole year just for uh, the sake of <laughs> two scenes.
2: Yeah, seriously. I would easily give it to The Fighter, which I think is a really good boxing movie. Also, just like a really good family drama about a, you know, self-destructive people trying to make life work together, balancing your love for your family with trying to get forward in your profession and when those two things clash.
1: I like The Fighter less the last time I saw it, which was yesterday. And my issue is that I wanted less Mickey and more Dicky. Now, I think that's most people's impression, which is less Wahlberg. And more Christian Bale, but it isn't just, I want less Mickey. To me, the problem in the fighter is the boxing part. I just don't feel the boxing matches aren't that interesting. They aren't that new. They aren't fresh. They aren't compelling. It's very conventional. Mark Wahlberg is just a sort of, he's interesting in how much he takes so much abuse from his family and from everyone around him. And then he takes so much abuse in the ring. So that's kind of interesting in terms of how he's just someone who takes abuse. And you kind Mm. of expect that a boxer will be this like aggressive, angry personality who like hits out against people. But actually, Mickey Ward, as portrayed in this movie, is just someone who is like, oh, you can walk over him. And Mm. it's I don't know how that sort of reflects. It's almost like an opposite to the Raging Bull element. But we can't talk about the fighter without speaking about his sisters, his stepdad, his mom. Compare, for instance, I saw the fighter right after I saw Million Dollar Baby, which we'll get to shortly. And Mm. compare the... The mom and the sisters in the fighter to million dollar baby. Uh, What else can you
4: say? I mean, they're Mm. incredible. Mick, what's the problem? The problems. What problems? What's wrong? Problems. Like what? Like maybe you not showing up on time to train. Like maybe him having to come find you in a crack house when you're supposed to be at the airport. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. Why are you talking? I'm Charlene.
5: We just met. <laughs> we're together. Do we need to do this again? Hi, I'm Charlene. Hi, hi I'm Charlene. Hi. 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 Hey,
4: we're together! What are you gonna do, Mick? Listen not some MTV girl works in a bar? What does she know about boxing? I know. They're going to Vegas and getting paid to train year-round. Sounds a hell of a lot better than what you got him doing here. You gonna let her talk like that to your mother? Come on, Mickey. I told you, we're together. This is my girlfriend. I want her here. I have done everything. Everything I could for you, Mickey. This MTV girl comes along. Stop calling me an MTV girl, whatever the fuck that means.
1: We should vote for the fighter, not for the boxer in this case but for everyone else. And not only Christian Bale, but the sister and the stepdad.
2: Melissa Leo is amazing in The Fighter. It's the mom.
1: She went all methods. So she was like always into her role and like dominated the she daughters on set.
2: She practiced being a mom? No, she was, like, she
1: was like snapping at her at the women who were all just walk-on actresses. All the sisters are not professionals. They're just sort of people who came for background roles and <laughs> were thrown into a movie by David O. Russell.
2: Very cool. Um, I didn't realize that. That's
1: very cool. One of the sisters is Conan O'Brien's sister. There's a bunch of good uh, articles out there you can read afterwards about like the sisters of the fighter because apparently back in the day when this movie came out, they were celebrated as they should. Um, though I think Christian Bell won the Oscar for, for this movie?
2: He won and Melissa Leo won. Amy Adams was nominated but lost, which is what always happens to Amy Adams. She gets nominated lost. Let's go fighter versus Ali. Yeah, I'm going to continue... Uh sticking with my guns. I thought Ali had some good moments, but overall, as an entire film, it didn't really come together for me. Um, And the fighter I thought was really great. I'm gonna vote for Ali. Jim, you're the tiebreaker here.
3: I think I am gonna have to go with the fighter. Ali's a massive, massive uh, figure and a huge story to tell. So the fighter
1: just just pips it. Quickly, just for the, the loser's bracket, body and soul, versus Ali. Mm,
2: that's close. I think there I would probably give the edge to Ali, notwithstanding my criticism of it. Um, it was just more of an enjoyable movie.
3: I like Bobby and Soul, but yeah, no, I think I'll agree and go with Ali.
2: Let's go to the final corner where we have a few special
1: movies, one movie that I had never heard of. I was asking our listeners a few months ago mm. if they could name all the sports movies that are in the list of 1001 movies you should see before you die and there's about i think 16 sports movies in that list and about six of them are boxing movies six or seven of them are boxing movies so you know half of them are boxing movies almost so you know which i'm sure as a boxing fan you're happy Mm. to hear our listeners were able to name every one of those six except for one of the movies in this bracket when we name each of the final four movies you can let me know which one you think it is but it's one of these four First two coming up is number three overall, Million Dollar Baby versus number 14, Girl Fight. So we have a female boxer versus female boxer, so (laughs) Ali versus Ali in in the previous side, and now woman boxer versus woman boxer in the bottom right. Million Dollar Baby came out in 2004. Clint Eastwood directs and stars alongside Morgan Freeman and Hilary Swank, where Hilary Swank plays a poor white girl who gets a bitter old coach who you can imagine who plays that role to train her to become a professional
5: if i was thinking straight i'd go back home find a used trailer buy a deep fryer and some oreos the problem is this is the only thing i ever felt good doing if i'm too old for this then i got nothing that enough truth to suit you i'll show you a few things and then we'll get you a trainer no sorry You're in a position to negotiate? Yes, sir. Because I know if you train me right, I'm going to be a champ. Okay. If I'm going to take you on... You won't never regret it. Look, just listen to me. If I take you on... I promise I'll work so hard. God, this is a mistake already. Mm Mm-mm. I'm listening, boss. If I take you on, you don't say anything. You don't question me don't ask quiet. you don't say anything except maybe uh, yes frankie and i'm gonna try to forget the fact that you're a girl
1: That's all i ask
5: and don't come crying to me if you get hurt
1: and girl fight came out four years earlier in 2000 it's about an inner city hispanic teenager played by michelle rodriguez in what launched her career she becomes a boxer but then domestic and boy problems get in the way
5: i want to train with you i want to be a boxer wait out a robot am i talking to you there's plenty of things you could do better with your life than box. Prove it.
1: A lot of women on online forums, if you Google around about Million Dollar Baby you read about this, they credit Million Dollar Baby as being like what inspired them to get into sport or whatnot. And what's interesting is that Girl Fight came out four years earlier, and yet no one's crediting Girl Fight with inspiring them.
2: Million Dollar Baby, Baby won four Academy Awards, best picture, best actress, screenplay, best director. Jim, which of these two, Million Dollar Baby or Girl Fight?
3: I'm going to have to go with Million Dollar Baby with this one. All the performances, the three lead performances were all brilliant.
1: How many times have you seen Million Dollar Baby? Do
3: you know what? The first time I saw it, I flicked it on late in the middle of the night, and it was 10 minutes before the end. So the twist in the plot completely, completely uh, didn't get that uh, the full work force of that, unfortunately. So I've never had the... Uh...
1: Av, how about you? Because for me, I saw it when it came out, and then I saw it just this past week, and I had forgotten about the twist entirely. Entirely, oh, wow. I just forgot. So when I saw it just this last week, I was again thrown for a huge loop. I was like, no way.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really brutal. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen it again. I saw it in the theaters when it came out, um, and I loved it. it was, I, th- I think it's great, but I haven't had the chance to see it again. So I haven't seen Girl Fight, but I can't imagine that I would like it more than this.
1: Fight is the worst movie in this bracket by a mile. The fact that you didn't immediately start insulting me for including yeah. Girl Fight in this bracket... Speaks no, to your politeness yeah. and decorum as a gentleman. Girlfriend is absolute trash as a movie. I think Michelle Rodriguez in this movie in particular is boring as sin. There are very few actors worth paying attention to. The movie's completely derivative. It's so derivative to the point that it keeps looking up on the walls of the gym where they have these mm. like super derivative quotes written on the wall. Like, you can yeah. do it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought the movie was really, really bad. I kept on fast forwarding like 10 second clips, 10 second clips, because I just couldn't take it. Uh, I
3: wish I thought about
1: <laughs> okay so i take it girl fight is not going on your top uh boxing release to recommend to a friend
3: no mixed gender fights and uh yeah i don't think they were even the same weight class when they actually fought the uh, michelle rodriguez and the, the guy whoever he was so I don't yeah so yeah uh... um
1: uh, you can guess in girl fight the climactic fight is she has to fight her boyfriend and he's clearly much bigger and weighs a lot more than her and he's been training as a boxer for several years and she started boxing like a month before this fight and yet can you imagine who wins
2: the the unexpected one
1: the the, the girl wins the, the lead <laughs> one, you know? she, and she kind of wins easily i mean the other thing in the movies michelle rodriguez i will give her that she's she is an intimidating presence and therefore in every one of her fights in this movie even though they try to say like oh she's a girl and like she, she started mm. but she always seems to be larger than all the guys she faces uh mm. most of the fights in this movie she fights other men other teenagers so uh like in the ring and they're sure. yeah so Spend way too much time talking about girl fight. I apologize oh. for putting it in this bracket, and I was betrayed by those who ranked it so highly. They should be ashamed. Um, <laughs> our final matchup, number six, Fat City against mm-hmm. number eleven, Cinderella Man. Now let's start off with Cinderella Man because it came out right on the heels of a small movie called A Beautiful Mind, 2005, and it had the same director, the same lead actor, the same scriptwriter, and therefore it had a lot going for it, plus Paul Giamatti and everyone's favorite Oscar lead, Renee Zellweger, joined them. And it's again, based on a true movie, The sea Biscuit of Boxers, AKA, it's the Great Depression, and a boxer inspires the country while dealing with problems at home. First
5: thing you're gonna do if you make a world champion? First thing, is, I'm gonna have to go and buy some turtles. Yeah, well, well, I said to the kids when I was leaving the house this morning that I was going to bring back the title, and they thought I said turtle.
1: (laughs) The movie it's going against, Fat City, came out in 1979, if I uh, recall correctly. 72. um,
3: 72.
1: The book came out in 69, I think. Oh, that was what I was thinking. Yeah, It came out, the thing about... Fat City is it came out about a year before Rocky and the two movies are just such opposites. Fat City is directed by the legendary director John Huston. He's made a ton of famous movies in the 40s and 50s and then jumped forward 20 years and he made this last classic and the movie stars an actor who I never heard of named Stacy Keach. What's kind of cool is that Marlon Brando was supposed to star in this role and they kind of look like each other and you could see Marlon Brando, Jim, I don't know if you agree with me, you could see Marlon Brando being the lead in fat city there's like a similar it, dynamic it wouldn't um,
3: work i thought keach was brilliant but uh, oh, I, I thought
1: keach i thought keach was really really good i can't imagine i've never heard of him because he was amazing mm. in this movie you know why brando turned down the role uh i imagine it was the godfather wasn't it yep wow you know you know your movies let no one <laughs> say uh you're only a boxing a you know, a, a, a one punch dude yes <laughs> the godfather came out the same year and brando said oh i have this other option and uh Uh, You may not have seen The Fat City, but I assume you think Brando made the right choice.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've not seen The Fat City. Um, Cinderella Man is a movie that I thought was pretty good, not great, although that's not what I told Ron Howard when I met him at the premiere (laughs) for Cinderella Man, which I did not attend, but I was attending Crash, the eventual Best Picture winner that year, in the same theater. We walked out and saw like a whole hullabaloo going on upstairs, so we went to investigate and got to meet Ron Howard and Jennifer Connelly and the several other people that were there attending the premiere of Cinderella Man. And I got like 30 seconds where I got to shake Ron Howard's hand, told him that I thought Cinderella Man was great, that the boxing scenes were so realistic. And then I was quickly to be, uh, cast aside. Wait,
1: had you seen Cinderella Man at that point? You no, just obvious, obviously not.
2: <laughs> what am I, I, I going to tell him? Oh, hi, I didn't see the movie. Yeah, you should
1: have you been like, Russell Crowe was really great as the professor. I really liked the way he makes numbers up in his head. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, and his yeah, his interest in Cinderella really got won me over. I will give a strong downvote to Cinderella Man. I think it's such a shame because this was when Russell Crowe could do no wrong. He was in that incredible period of his career where everything he did was so good. He's okay in this movie. I think he's actually okay. And I don't think that many people could have pulled it off. I think Renee Zelliger is just downright frustrating to watch she's just and then Paul Giamatti is good but he's sort of wasted and then one of the elements and Jim you can speak to this a bit more mm. but the bad guy the, the boxer who has to fight in this I believe his name Max is
3: Bear, one, yeah.
1: Max Bear is portrayed in this movie as this killer who like killed two people in the ring and he's yeah. is- this, like, aggressive ladies' man who curses people out and, and makes a sexual comment about good old Russell uh, Crowe's wife. Well, oh, if it ain't Cinderella, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks for champagne,
1: Mr. Bear. You keep telling people you
5: gotta kill me on the ring. Uh, I got three kids
3: at home. You know, you upset my family, particularly
4: my wife. You Gotta talk to him, May. You are far too pretty to be a widow. On second thought, maybe I can comfort you after he's
1: gone. And in fact, Completely yeah. untrue. Completely untrue. Max Baer was this like clean guy who cried over the fact that two of his opponents had sort of died afterwards. Unclear circumstance. And he was just a gentleman and sensitive. And he was also Jewish in the 1930s in the lead up to World War II.
2: Is Max Baer the real life Bear Jew? Yeah.
1: That was a glorious
2: bastard joke, by the way. I don't think it landed.
1: Okay, now it's getting to me. Now Sorry. Who else uh, would they be referring to in the 40s than Max Fair, who was yeah. well-known? You know, yeah. As you said, heavyweight champions at the time were, were international celebrities. Yeah, so Jim, is it fair to say, am I being honest when I say Max Fair's reputation gets slaughtered in this movie? And I will hold Abs- that against it, and I absolutely. will vote down Cinderella it's Man?
3: The only reason I absolutely hate this film, and it's just such a dreadful portrayal. Not the actor's fault, I'm sure. He was probably just told to play him like that, but they were just a sort of a bad guy figure. But the real Max was he was known as the clown prince of boxing. He was just a gentleman, like you say, the complete opposite of uh, of how he's portrayed.
1: Which is weird because Ron Howard is a talented director and Mm. why he felt he had to reach for a trope, just sort of a black and white bad guy, Mm. and not have made a much more complex story of, you know, like a, a straight shooting, Russell Crowe, working his way up from poverty with his broken hand, going against a Jewish boxer in the lead-up mm. to the Holocaust. I mean, there's a lot to work with there, and it could yeah. have been complex and, and, and dynamic. He didn't need to do
3: it, really, I don't think. It would have worked uh, if he'd have uh, portrayed him as he really was.
1: And look, it's tricky. Av and I have spoken about this in a lot of sports movies, and not only sports movies, but you know, movies based on real life. It's a fine balance in terms yeah. of uh, how they play with history. This, to me, was just sort of unnecessary, and along with Zellweger, is too much... Fat City, there's one last actor that we have to reference as being in this movie, which Mm. is Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges in a movie that came out like eons ago and was directed by a director who made movies in the 30s, I think. I think John Mm. Huston was making movies 80, 90 years ago. And yet one of his last movies was one of Jeff Bridges' first movies. And seeing Mm. Jeff Bridges in Fat City just threw me for a huge loop because I was Mm. like, Jeff? I was like, Jeff Bridges? Originally,
3: Beau Bridges went for it, but uh, he um, recommended his uh, little brother, so that's how he
1: ended up in it. Coming with all the sort of Jeff Bridges associations, and then you see how he is in this movie, and he, he's great as well. I mean, mm. I don't think he's as great as the two leads, as the the lady who won the Oscar that year, and mm. as uh, the St- Stacia Keach, the lead, but I think the two of them are just really, really good. It's about a washed up Bush League, minor league boxer, trying to show a young hopeful the ropes, and then he gets involved with a lady. Essentially, it's Bull Durham, the baseball movie, but without any of the lightheartedness. You can almost see Kevin Costner being in this
4: movie. Well, don't look at me like that. I'm not ashamed to say it. I've never been ashamed of the act of love. I believe it's a part of life. Sure, why not? I mean, sure. of course, if people like each other. I'm not talking about free love. I have no use for that. You know, free depends what you mean, free. I mean, (laughs) if it's not uh, free, can you call it love? I'm talking about love. Real love, not just sex. Fat City was
3: absolutely phenomenal. I love it. It's not very uh, plot-heavy, but it doesn't need to be. That's not what it's about. And like you say, it's the complete antithesis of, of Rocky, not... Uh, you know, it's just about a bunch of people who are not going to go anywhere in their chosen field and uh, they just seem to uh, be OK with that. They just keep thinking tomorrow they'll make it or they'll keep dreaming. And it's just that it's it's brilliant, absolutely fantastic. And I think this is the uh, the one in the, uh, the list that people didn't guess.
1: Exactly, yeah. This is a movie in the 1001 Movies to See. I think this movie, people talk about boxing as like the sweet science, the poetry. Mm. This movie is fully a boxing movie. The director and cinematographer is celebrated. The two of them were both boxers briefly uh, in like the 1920s, you know, like mm. way another, another generation. And they sort of, I think this is based on a book. And that guy had also, of course, been a boxer in the city the, the movie is set in. And it just captures the glamorous underbelly, the seaminess of all the people who never have a hope of making to become champions. And mm. I've actually, I think you referenced this way back in a different sport, which is most athletes, you know, you think of football. They say the average career in the NFL is like one and a half years and then you're out. Most athletes are not the guy on the Wheaties box. Most athletes... Are not the guy holding up, you know, the the championship belt at the end. Mm. Most athletes are toiling away in the minor leagues, and I think this is something Av and I have seen in our discussion of different sports movies. I think the better sports movies are generally. We've seen this in hockey. We saw this in baseball and others. I think the better sports movies are set in the minor leagues. They're mm. set in the sort of. The whole the, the hopeful losers the people who sort of know that there's a ceiling to what they can achieve and yet they're still yeah. twirling away. Fat City just takes that and does it in a 1970s hard edge style that is it, unrelenting at times. It can be a hard movie to watch because it, it, it doesn't can, yeah. it doesn't pull any punches. It sort of lets you know that these guys are, are hopeless. You know they can they can't rely on themselves. Uh, To give you a bit into Fat City, the young hopeful guy is Jeff Bridges. So you sort of go into it thinking, okay, he's going to like win some matches. He's going to make something of himself. What does he do in this movie? And this isn't a spoiler to say. He gets a girl pregnant who he has absolutely no interest in her. And then he's like so hopeless, he just sort of marries her because he doesn't know what else to do. And then in the two matches, we see him actually fight he, I think in both of them, he loses in the first round,
3: no? There's a, there's a great shot where he just gets this new robe, actually, and he's, uh, you know, he looks, he's made to feel like a champion, and he hands it to his corner man, and the, the camera tilts down, tilts back up, and he's just uh, against
1: the ropes, getting beaten straight away, and it's just <laughs> a brilliant shot. But. Easy win over Cinderella, man. Now we have Fat City against Million Dollar Baby. Much uh, more contentious match, I would say. I'm gonna vote for Fat City. I think they're both good, but I think Fat City is something really special. And I think Million Dollar Baby is special in how classical it is. Like, it's a very simple story. It's one old man writing to the daughter of another old man explaining, your father finally found peace with himself through a boxer who was sincere. I don't know if that's like a fair way to sum up the movie. There's elements that don't work in Million Dollar Baby. The mother and the siblings of the lead, they're just like not in the same movie as everything else in a way that rips you out of the movie. Sort of like in Marriage Story this year with Laura Dern's character, how we spoke about how she as as the lawyer is sort of like in a comic version of an authentic story that everyone else is living. And I felt a million dollar baby, the mother and the, and the, and the family of Hillary Swink. Got to go Fat City as well. I was going to say this in the beginning, I think Rocky could beat every movie in this bracket, except if Rocky goes up against Fat City, I would give my vote to Fat City. I think Fat City is like a sword that's been designed to slay one enemy. And I feel <laughs> like Fat City was designed to take down Rocky. I would go Rocky over Raging Bull, but I'm going to go Fat City over Rocky in the semifinals on the right side. I completely agree, Yeah definitely fat city that easily you have nothing to say in defense of rocky
3: well i just think fat city was that good you know um it blew me away but uh, yeah no i mean there's rocky always going to be rocky it's always going to be a classic but
1: uh, yeah no i think uh rocky is a perfect movie in what it is i don't think fat city i mean fat city has warts it has parts that don't work but what does work is just really really special and i think the acting in fat city is also really special Mm. Um, you know, the characters are just so dishonest with themselves in ways that they can't, they just can't mm. control, like, they just don't know what to do. Fat City is a movie made to appeal to movie critics who don't necessarily like boxing, in that mm. Fat City has all the tropes for someone who like, oh, looks down on sports movies and looks down on the Rockies of the world, and is sort of waiting for that bitter, cynical takedown of the sport, showing the truth and the authenticity, all of that is Fat City, also directed by an acclaimed director. Uh, with sort of, you know, legitimate, credible actors in the parts. That said, I think what's so credible is that Jim, who is a boxing purist, is that fair to say? I mean, you're, you're in it for the sport. Yeah. And yet you still connect and identify with this movie. You're, you're not coming here with, like, a French beret. And, I think and a the characters
3: are, characters are all fantastic. And, and that is 90% of, well, 99% of uh, of boxers, isn't it? And it's 99% of not just boxers, it's it's whatever field you care to Delve into it's uh, any sport or any way of life. It's 99% of the people who are not going to make it to
1: be world class or creed against million dollar baby is going to be in the loser bracket. It's
2: close. I think I'll go Million Dollar Baby. I have a better memory of it than of, than of Creed. Uh,
1: I think I preferred Million Dollar Baby though. Creed against Body and Soul for the very last place in the loser's bracket.
2: Creed, not even close. You know, Body and Soul was, you know, was good. I enjoyed it. Creed, I think, is very good.
1: I, I'm going for Creed as well.
2: I, yeah, I didn't like Body and best. Soul.
1: Okay, done. Let, let's talk about the champions though. Raging Bull is going up against the fighter. The number one against the number five. What say you, Jim?
3: I think I've got to go Raging Bull for this. The cinematography of it is fantastic. I think the fact that it was done in black and white adds something amazing to it.
2: Yeah, I agree. And uh, I just think that um, Lamada and De Niro's portrayal of him is the best thing about any Mm. of these movies in this bracket. The Fighter, again, I thought it was a very good movie and really good boxing scenes. The best moment of that movie was when you find out that that HBO... documentary that they're shooting is not about his boxing career but about crack addicts in America and it's just like such a heartbreaking moment for him and for his family. It's a really good movie and people should really check it out if they haven't seen it but Raging Bull is a classic.
1: When you you say it's a really good movie you mean the HBO documentary because you know that's a real documentary. You can see that documentary yeah. One of the things about The Fighter which I give the most credit to is I think it's very conventional. One we said earlier in that they completely skip over Mickey Ward's high point of his career but two is that the movie really embraces this HBO documentary, right? Like it begins with the HBO documentary and it really clings to it. And as you said, like it uses that as like the major emotional peak of the movie. I mean, the movie is Dickies. The movie's not really Mickey's. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup because it's a movie about two brothers, two movies about two brothers, both of them who, as we said, domestic problems and problems in the ring and ultimately fighting themselves. problem with Raging Bull, you guys, that Sugar Ray, who... I. Jim, is it fair to say Sugar Ray is considered the best boxer of all time, right? Pound for pound, he's number one.
3: Yeah, widely considered, yeah.
1: Yeah. And yet he doesn't he's not really given any role as a as a character whatsoever in Raging Bull. I mean, I guess it's intentional. You just you just see him getting you see him in the in the ring.
3: That's That's it. You don't see him anywhere else than just the ring. But uh, yeah, they did fight six times, but uh, yeah, you only see him uh, in the ring.
1: Fascinating because he was the sort of boxer who invented, I think what they say is the modern sportsman. Like he's the one who invented the idea. I think the word entourage is basically was developed for Sugar Ray.
3: Took a few years out and traveled around uh, Europe and
1: uh, that's what he called it. his entourage. Because he's such a larger than life cinematic figure. Really, it's Mm. him and Muhammad Ali in history Mm. and maybe Mm. Iron Mike. And yet a movie where he's the main, you know, one of the key figures in the movie in a sense, maybe he isn't, but mm. he's, he's almost not in the movie. He's just sort of, mm. he's just sort of the reflection, uh, you know, just the guy who's getting punched and punching back. I think that was the most interesting thing that Scorsese did. Choosing to just cling to the to the source material. Is that, uh, is that like a Scorsese trope in that he'll take source material from someone and just make their story... And just kind of go with it you know irishman obviously so. is similar.
2: yeah most most of his work is i think original stories no uh, but i mean
1: when he takes like jake lamotta when he takes uh the guy in the irishman he he tells like their story of events which isn't necessarily like the true story you know he's not taking into account um sugar ray's perspective he's not taking into account other people in uh, in the teamsters perspective in irishman either you guys ever got, had it got into a fight with your brothers I don't have Ah, any brothers. I was about to say, all I only know has a sister, but uh, okay. I have two sisters, yeah. Okay, have you ever gotten into a boxing fight with your uh, sibling?
3: My brother is four years older than me and once he pretended to punch me and then uh, I leant forward and he did punch me, but that was about it, I didn't
1: throw any back. I've had a lot of uh, boxing as matches with my older and younger brother, mainly my older brother, because my younger one was just too small. ever go to one of those amusement parks and they give you those massive boxing uh, gloves so you can't really hurt Uh, anyone? Yeah, they're really fun. Like you can't really do damage to anyone. Like you can barely stand up. So my brother and I in high school wearing those massive gloves. And I remember just at one point, the referee who was sort of, someone yelled out to me like, oh, those guys are brothers. And the referee was like, okay, I'm not getting involved with this one. And he stood and he just like walked out of this like inflatable (laughs) jumping castle we were in because he was like, you know, when brothers go at it, you just don't want to get involved. That's true about these movies, but Raging Bull is the winner.
4: Good night. We are going to witness the most anticipated match for the heavyweight
5: championship of the world. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen,
2: let's
0: get ready to rumble!
1: Raging Bull, Fat City, I'm not voting OV's not voting. Jim, you're deciding the champion of the 32 Fans boxing episode. Who is it and why?
3: You're kidding me. It's all on me, is it? I didn't know. I right. Okay, this is tough. I love Fat City, but I cannot go against Raging Bull. And I know it's an obvious choice, but it's just, I think it's, uh, for me, it's one of the most perfect films ever made. So, unfortunately for Fat City, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go for Raging Bull.
2: There's some funny like Oscar history here because so Rocky won the Best Picture in 1976, famously beating out Taxi Driver, which is considered one of like the all-time great snubs. Mm. Um, and, to, and it almost feels like Scorsese's like, all right, you know, Academy, you want a you want a, a boxing movie? I'll go make a boxing movie, and he makes what <laughs> almost everyone considers to be the best boxing movie ever made, and it loses the Best Picture to ordinary people a movie that I actually just recently watched and like, it's fine and good, but it's not Raging Bull. Um, And certainly nobody ever like talks about it as being in the same class of movie as Raging Bull. So it's just like kind of funny that like Scorsese was basically like trying to do anything he could to win win this award. And it, it wasn't until 25 years later with The Departed that he finally won.
1: And yet to add one more layer, when the fighter starring Mark Wahlberg goes against Raging Bull, Wahlberg was the best part and he won the Oscar in The Departed, which finally won an Oscar for Scorsese. So uh, there's another layer there as well, but only in the 32 fans universe, of course. Um, Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know what connections, Fat City to Scorsese is just, I guess, Marlon Brando, who has been in a better gangster movie than than anything uh, Martin has yet put on screen. We promised in the beginning, you were gonna tell us at the end, before we let you go, Mm. which one of these movies has the most authentic boxing. And you cannot say when we were Kings or Mike Tyson, especially because you didn't
3: yeah, be which to one say of that. these
1: dramatic renditions? It can be the hurricane, because Denzel did get himself into incredible shape for about two minutes of boxing, but it, it can be any of the 14 movies in this bracket.
3: You know what? I think if uh, you you're going for quality over quantity, I think you'd be hard pushed to uh, beat the hurricane, to be honest.
1: Oh yeah, you think Hurricane Denzel mm-hmm. puts the best boxing on the screen?
2: Or well, maybe there's Daniel Day Lewis in the boxer. The scenes of Ali. You know, when I kind of like watch them back to back with When We Were Kings, it was very well done. Like, he really brings Muhammad Ali to life in those boxing mm. scenes. So, I definitely give them a lot of credit for that. As I said earlier, my favorite boxing scenes were Raging Ball, but I don't, you know, I think those are like over dramatized. Like, they're probably not the most realistic.
1: Probably Million Dollar Baby or Ali. Those are probably the two that seem to jump out the most. I would say Rocco and his brothers has the worst, maybe with body and soul, the worst boxing. Rocco and his brothers is the worst boxing, I would say. Uh-huh. Not that that not that much boxing. When they are boxing, it doesn't look very real. What one boxing match that you know is scheduled for 2020 should we look out for?
3: The Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder fight. I think that's going to be... Uh, the first match was one of the best matches of that year, and I think um, the rematch is going to be just as good. So, yeah, look out for that one.
1: Okay, well, in true Oscars spirit, give us who you want to win that match and who you think will win the match.
3: Uh, that's the same answer. I think... Uh, Tyson Fury will win a 12 round decision. Oh, wow! Deontay Wilder
1: going down. Big call by Jim. He's not pulling his punches whatsoever. Jim, before you go, what was your mm-hmm. favorite 2019 movie that you saw?
3: Um, hmm. I didn't see too many in 2019, to be honest. Um, I've it can just, be anything.
1: We I will not judge go you over. if it's Fast and Furious.
3: No, no, I won't be that. Um, I saw a nine. Well, 1917 was that classed as? uh,
1: Yeah, that's 19. That's a 2019 movie. There you go. 1917, then fantastic. Fly, fly the Union Jacks proud and high, because uh, (laughs) that was that was a British spectacular. Okay, there you go. We heard it from Jim. 1917, Tyson Fury and Raging Bull are his winners. Jim, thank you so much. It was great having you on. Where can listeners find you? How can they follow up with you? What where are you talking about boxing and?
3: Twitter is boxing trivia guy currently writing a book whether it gets finished or not who knows but uh, it's basically about as much as I can fit about the history of boxing into uh, between two covers so uh, yeah it's taking a while to uh, research and put together but uh, hopefully it'll be uh, published one day
1: hopefully we gave you at least a footnote in the history of boxing which was tonight's episode so if you need a little bit of extra material maybe if you need an opening anecdote to start off the book you can tell about that time you went on with uh two guys who knew nothing about the sport.
3: <laughs> you can guarantee <laughs> it. I've enjoyed myself. Yeah. Thanks very much. Okay.
0: okay, though. The very next day, I gave Russell a ring with JL and Leor, and we all called Don King. I said, yeah, Don, I got a problem. Tell him, Yeah, what's up? What you saying? You trying to solve them? Forget the small talk. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. Me and Mike, two months. Atlantic City Yo, you got this, you want to bust dude up Yeah, you can be my trainer Word up? I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice And yo, Jeff, laid up, I think I can beat Mike Tyson Man, you can be here, man Oh, man, word You be here, man up. You know, I put on a couple pounds, man We can do this, can man do it. It was a press conference to see what training I was doing Before then I had never heard reporters booing Camera's flashing, I was in the middle I didn't want to look dumb so I exaggerated a little I said uh, I've been training 20 hours a day Lifting big old cars and big bales of hay, And I jog 10,000 miles every morning Thinking about and my moment of glory I drink water, 20 gallons of pop And I can throw a Volkswagen a whole half block And four million sit-ups in a minute I ain't lying, I did it! Everybody was laughing out loud. I thought at least my own grandma would be proud. I went to her house and snuck in and surprise her. I
4: heard her on the phone. Box crazy. It's
0: fight day and man in my height! I can't wait to see Mike Boy, more I'm hype, ready to do my thing Trump Castle Casino Came out hustling, sliding and grabbing Slipping and dipping, hustling and jabbing For a second, I look good out there But then Mike to reality, my worst nightmare One punch, that's all it took He hit me in my ribs and my inside shook They tried to make me go meet my doom But I sucker punched my coach and hauled to my dressing room The next day, the headline in the town Fresh Prince breaks camp, Tyson wins first round Some fool asked why I ran away I said a good run is better than a bad stand any day My career is over as far as fighting But I don't know what made me think I could beat Mike Tyson